Hello, everybody, and welcome to Care Talk. My name is Laura Packard, and I'm the Executive Director of Healthcare Voter, but I also have personal firsthand experience with the American healthcare system because about five years ago, I was diagnosed with cancer. And so as I went through treatments uh, into remission today, I had to deal with um, medical bills that wouldn't go away, not being able to get the care that I needed, get authorizations for treatments. And this show is to help you. We answer your healthcare and health insurance questions uh, with the experts. So please call or text in your questions and we will answer them in future shows. And today we're starting with a a basic question. Uh, You may have seen some things on TV or are starting to get mails or emails about Medicare open enrollment. What is it? When is it? And who should be paying attention? To answer that question, welcome Diane Archer from Just Care and Social Security Works. Thanks, Laura. So it's an excellent question and the timing is perfect for it. Um, Basically, every year, if you have Medicare, if you're one of the 63 million or 64 million people now with Medicare, you have the chance to make new Medicare choices. And that is between October 15th and December 7th. And what you really need to do, no matter how happy you are with the health plans you have right now, is take a hard look at your options. Why? Well, if you're in a Medicare Advantage plan, one of those um, Medicare plans run by private health insurers, everything can change from one year to the next. Your co-pays can change, your premiums can change, the doctors in the network actually can change at any time, Uh, the drugs that are covered can change. So many rules can change that it's really important to take a hard look and make sure that the plan you're in, if you're happy with it, is going to continue to meet your needs, but also to make sure that there isn't another plan with lower potential costs for you than the plan you're in, because you could be saving money if you switch. Now, I say that all because about half the population is in Medicare Advantage and everything can change in Medicare. If you're in traditional Medicare, Almost nothing changes from one year to the next. You can see whatever doctors you want to see. The rules stay the same. Your out-of-pocket costs are that 20% coinsurance for medical services, and there's a hospital deductible. But all that gets picked up with supplemental coverage that most people with traditional Medicare has, since traditional Medicare doesn't have an out-of-pocket cap. So if you're in traditional Medicare, there's less looking you have to do, but you do need to look at your prescription drug coverage options, because those can change from one year to the next. And you want to make sure that you have the coverage that best meets your medication need. Okay, back to Medicare Advantage for one more second. What's difficult with Medicare Advantage is when you get sick, what health care you'll get. And there is no way really to know. If you're healthy, you're probably going to be able to get good preventive services, and um, your healthcare needs will be met. But should you get diagnosed with a costly condition, should you get into an accident that's serious, that involves multiple procedures, uh, you may need to go through a lot of hoops. And I want to raise that for you because the federal government doesn't do that in the Medicare and New Hampshire book. It doesn't tell you about the prior authorization rules that virtually all Medicare Advantage plans have in place that require you to get 
insurance approval before you can get care. And what the Office of the Inspector General has found is that often uh, the Medicare Advantage plans engage in inappropriate delays and denials of care. So there's a heads up there. We don't know which plans are the bad actors and which plans are actually approving care when you need it. And that's a big problem. And we're calling on Congress to demand that the federal government let people know which plans are bad actors so that everybody knows to avoid those plans. But right now we can't differentiate among them, which is unfortunate. The other big difference among Medicare Advantage plans is the out-of-pocket cap that they have. They're allowed to have an out-of-pocket cap as high as $7,550. Most of them do not. Most of them have caps of about $5,000. Um, so check and make sure your plan has an out-of-pocket cap that you can afford because you will be paying deductibles and coinsurance until you reach that out-of-pocket cap. That is something you avoid with traditional Medicare and supplemental coverage, uh, but the supplemental coverage does cost about $2,500. So you're, you're guaranteed pretty much affordable healthcare and traditional Medicare if you take that route, so long as you have the supplemental coverage. Um, in Medicare Advantage, you, you could pay as much as $7,550 out of pocket for your care, um, depending upon which Medicare Advantage plan you're enrolled in. So I know I've shared a lot of information, but it's important that you now dig in to understand what your costs will be, what your coverage will be, who the doctors you can see will be uh, coming in 2020. Absolutely. And so the dates again for Medicare is October 15th through December 7th. And the dates are coming up for the Affordable Care Act uh, health insurance too. And those dates are November 1st through January 15th. It could change, but as far as we know for now, the dates for the ACA Obamacare health insurance through the exchange is November 1st through January 15th. Our next question is from Dave, who says that my insurance plan only covers $100 towards glasses, even though I need special material to avoid Coke bottle thickness. Is there a plan that covers more than $100 towards glasses? Diane? Okay, really good question, Dave. Every Medicare Advantage plan is different. So depending upon where you live, you may get better or less good benefits from a different range of Medicare. You will need to go to uh, the Medicare website and put in um, vision care and see what pops up in terms of coverage for vision care from Medicare Advantage plans in your area. It might actually even be better to double check and call those plans if this is really important to you. But what you need to know is that vision care is not a standard Medicare benefit. If you're in traditional Medicare, it's not covered at all. Glasses are not. But if you're in Medicare Advantage, some Medicare Advantage plans will cover a small piece of your, of your glasses. Some will cover a little bit more. Um, I don't know of any that cover the full cost. So you will usually um, pay a lot out of pocket for your glasses, no matter which Medicare plan. Okay. And our next question is from Cynthia, who says, with retired seniors, why are they still required to pay extra for health insurance? I already pay $170 for my Social Security, but don't qualify for medical assistance. So I pay copays. Diane? This is really an important issue that very few people are focused on. 
The reality is that Medicare only covers about half of a typical person's health care costs. Um, on average, people spend, I think it's $5,600 a year out of pocket, even with Medicare. So we're talking big bucks that um, you need to pay with Medicare, which is considered very good insurance. And that is a big issue. Some of that is for supplemental coverage if you're in traditional Medicare. It's for vision, hearing, dental. It's for long-term care services and supports. Those just add up for nursing home care that Medicare doesn't cover. And in Medicare Advantage, it's co-pays for virtually every service you receive other than preventive services, which usually are covered at 100%. And what we're seeing is from the data that these out-of-pocket costs, in particular in Medicare Advantage, are driving a lot of enrollees into medical debt. There's new data out um, published in the Journal of the American Medical Association just today or yesterday, showing that the highest rates of medical debt among the Medicare population are for people in Medicare. Um, when you're in Medicare Advantage, as also because of these high out-of-pocket costs and because people are living on you know, limited incomes, retirees, um, people are often making choices between their health care and their rent, health care and their utilities, health care and their dinner. Um, and so sometimes you're not in medical debt, you're just being forced to skip. So none of this is acceptable. Um, all of it is causing terrific harm to older Americans and people with disabilities with Medicare. We need to address it. We need the government to cover a lot more of people's health care, particularly people with Medicare, um, in order to ensure their health and well-being. The data that came out today suggested that there's a relationship between people in Medicare, particularly people in Medicare Advantage, and food and housing insecurity. Again, because healthcare costs are so high and out-of-pocket costs are so high that to the extent people are getting healthcare, they're often unable then to afford the food they need or to pay the rent and they're finding themselves um, malnourished. And this is just a crisis that is still um, not being discussed the way it needs to. Absolutely. And our next question is from Sue, who wants to know, what is well care or, or, or all well insurance, Diane? So it's, it's, a, it's a great question because it is so confusing to understand all these insurers and all their names and they all sound alike and well care and all insurance and United Health and Silver Health and Gold Health and Premium Health and Platinum and you just want to go dizzy trying to understand the difference. But well care uh, is just one insurance company that offers prescription drug coverage, that offers Medicare Advantage covers, coverage that offers a, you know, an array of insurance coverage, um, and it has a name that can seem very confusing, but it's, um, it's just one insurance company with a misleading. Great. And next, I'm excited to introduce our special guest for today, uh, who is uh, Dr. Mina Butra, who's been on the show before, who's going to be talking about covid the new bivalent boosters and the general state of the pandemic and how you can keep yourself and your family safe. So welcome, Dr. Mina. Hey, it's so wonderful to see everyone. I should not be the special guest though, because all of the information that Diane just gave is arguably so, so, so much more important. If you don't have healthcare, 
if the vaccine is not going to help you. And, and by the way, can we just start thinking of vision, hearing, and dental as part of healthcare for crying out loud? Because it is really hard to take care of your health if you can't see what you're doing because you can't afford your glasses. But it is an absolute pleasure to be back. And I suspect there's going to be an equivalent number of people who are unhappy I'm back because COVID tends to bring out strong feelings in folks. There are folks who think it's over, those who are unhappy because there are people who think it's over, and many, many who are just plain tired of everything having to do with COVID. For everybody, the bottom line is that, well, unfortunately, COVID is not going anywhere, but that doesn't mean that we have to barricade ourselves at home. We are in a much, much better place than we have ever been during this pandemic. And there are also, as a result, many more layers to recommendations. So I'm going to give you the um, 30,000 foot recommendation, the general recommendation for everyone, but then go into some of the nuances and definitely ask questions. So first about vaccines and boosters, that simple, you know, uh, top line recommendation is to get boosted. Um, obviously, get vaccinated if you're not vaccinated. Um, but many of us are and by now. And the question is, you know, booster or not booster, it's time for boosters. If you're 12 or older, you should get a booster. Now, if you're younger than 12, and this is like my children who recently went back to school, you can also get a booster. You will just be getting the old booster. But if you're 12 years or older, you are eligible for the bivalent booster. So now I said there's some layers to recommendations. So what are some of these layers? Well, the layers really have to do with when to get boosted. And, you know, if, if you had an infection a month ago, maybe you got your booster a couple of months ago, you can probably wait. And what are the recommendations for waiting? They are going to be varied depending on what you read, who you read it from, um, anywhere from, you know, two to three months if you had an infection to maybe four to six months if you just had a booster. But I think the middle line recommendation from the White House currently is two to three months. So 90 days, easy to remember. And that's just to get your immune system ready to get that, that booster. Now, again, another layer. If you are super high risk, you may want to wait closer to the 60-day mark. Um, but the goal is really that we get everyone back, get everyone that booster who's eligible by around Halloween. Um, why Halloween? Well, like vaccines, um, it takes a couple weeks for these to really kick in. And three weeks after Halloween is Thanksgiving. And then the holidays start and everyone's getting together. We're having a lot more indoor gatherings, large groups of people. We really want to get as many people boosted as we can. Now, there have been some concerns with folks about these new bivalent boosters. Um, some of the questions that I've heard, one is, you know, is this actually safe? Um, there are some folks on the Internet who've been saying, well, there hasn't been another randomized human trial. And I really want to stress that this is just a minor modification to the known vaccines that we have. And we do these minor modifications with the flu, right? Every year we get a new flu vaccine. We don't go and do a whole new human trial. But we do this with all medications as well. Um, just a minor modification. We don't rush to do a whole new clinical trial. These are very, very safe and they are very effective. And that brings me to the second concern was, is, are we just going to be getting a new vaccine, a new shot every couple months? Um, and for some people, to be honest and to be fair, this is not a concern. They're willing to get as many shots as they need to. But for others, this is a concern. It represents time. Potentially, it represents time off of work, depending on side effects. So the, the good news is that this is because this is a vaccine that's based on a variant, it, you know, 
it should last a little bit longer because any new sort of variants that we're going to be getting are likely to be a subvariant of the BA5 or the BA2. So we're going to have better durability with these new boosters. We are, in general, seem to be moving away from boosting for infection. Um, and that represents also this idea of maybe we're going to be getting an annual booster. So yes, COVID's not going anywhere. But if we, we might just be getting it like the flu shot, maybe even at some point getting the flu and the vaccine in one booster alone. Um, and then if you do get infected, you have treatments. We have treatments that you can use. And we know that with the boosters, maybe they're not protecting you from just getting an infection, um, but they are protecting you from severe illness or getting hospitalized or dying. Now, there is still folks who are high risk where any infection is going to be high risk and they don't, they have to be protected against infection alone. And for those folks, they probably will be getting a little bit more common vaccination or more common boosters. Um, and just a word of encouragement, if you're still on the fence about whether you should get this new booster, uh, COVID vaccines have been shown, this is a recent study that came out, to decrease the risk of long COVID by up to 50%. So get boosted. Um, one other question that had come up was, should I? which one should I get, Moderna or Pfizer? The best vaccine is the one that makes it in your arm. There's no difference. These are all very, very effective. Um, there's some question about whether we should mix or match. There is theoretically this idea that two different types may actually be more beneficial. But honestly, in the mix match studies that were officially done, these were just small studies and healthy individuals to prove that they were they worked, not to prove that one was better than the other, one order was better than the other. So get the one that is near you, get the one that you can get that's the best booster for you. Finally, I wanna make two more plugs. It is also flu season. So if you're worried about COVID, please, please be equivalently worried about getting the flu. You can get the flu vaccine at the same time of your COVID booster. That is absolutely no problem. Um, eventually we probably will hopefully be working towards one booster alone, but the flu also kills and the flu vaccine can prevent severe illness hospitalization and death. Where have we heard that before? So please get your flu vaccine and get your kids vaccinated as well. Um, and then secondly, for those folks, I just want to remind you, if you're worried about getting infected, you can also wear masks and masks work, even if the folks around you are not masked. I had to travel for a meeting this weekend and the vast majority of people were not wearing masks and I was wearing my mask anywhere in a public space. Um, it will still protect you. Uh, and so you can always wear that mask going grocery shopping, traveling in, you know, public, in public places, um, being on an airplane. So good ways that you can still protect yourself in addition to getting vaccinated and boosted. Um, I see a question uh, that uh, in the chat, and I'm sure there may be more. So tell them, how about a COVID vaccine for people who are immunocompromised? I, this is an excellent question. I actually take care of patients who are on various medications. And I think it's really important to talk to the person who is prescribing you these medications, because I want to stress that not all medications are equivalently immunosuppressive. And even the same medication can act differently in different disease states. Um, so for example, a medication that may really suppress the immune system for rheumatoid arthritis may not suppress it that much in inflammatory bowel disease. And so it's important to talk to the doctor who's prescribing this because they're going to know exactly what the best recommendations are. But in general, for immunocompromised folks, if you are moderate to severely immunocompromised, you may fall into that group where getting sick, getting 
the virus at all, getting infected at all represents a higher risk, in which case you may be looking at a more frequent booster. For folks who are on certain medications, but they're not falling in that high risk category, we may be moving towards an annual booster and know that if you were to get infected, booster and the vaccine are going to protect you, but we also have medications that you can take. And you may be eligible for those and you should reach out to your doctor and talk to them about that as well. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Uh, What does uh, bivalent mean? Because these these vaccines are being called bivalent vaccines. What, What is that? So remember, all the vaccines up to this point have been around the original SARS-CoV-2. And we know that this virus has mutated considerably since the original pandemic. And so bivalent just means that it is partially going to still have um, a vaccine against that SARS-CoV-2. But now the predominant uh, virus that we're seeing is Omicron or variants of Omicron. And so the other part of this vaccine is specific is specifically targeting the Omicron and the Omicron um, uh, subvariants. And so that's why there's thought that this is going to work, have better durability, because now Omicron has sort of taken over everything. And the old SARS-CoV-2 boosters really just weren't working as well against an Omicron-specific virus. Okay, so if you are getting a booster right now, you should ask to make sure that it is the bivalent, that it's version 2.0 instead of the original. Yeah, and actually, I don't. I when I went to, I got my uh, uh, booster a couple weeks ago, and when I went and talked to, I got it at the drugstore at CVS. When I talked to them, they said we don't have the old ones anymore. We only have the bivalents. I still think it's worth checking. That's you know one anecdotal, but it represents. They said their entire chains have all moved to the bivalent. Now, again, if you're you have a child, you're vaccinating them. The, under the age of 12, it's still the original booster. Okay. And I know for me, when I was looking uh, f- to find a vaccine, I went to vaccines.gov, yes. which is a free government site. Can you tell us more about that? A fantastic site. So the great thing, you have a real quick ability to not only find where you can get a booster, but maybe find the type of booster. So let's say I had, a, you know, I really just want to stick with this type. I've had it before and I, you know, I know what I'm expecting and I feel comfortable with it. You can go to vaccines.gov. You can put in your zip code. You can say, what do I need? Um, I need this type of, you know, I need a COVID booster. What type do you want? And how far do I want to travel? And then you can even select, do they have appointments or is it walk-in? I will tell you most places now, since they're kind of getting hit with a flu and COVID are only taking appointments, but you can make your appointment. It'll take you directly to the website for that location and you can make your appointment through that portal. So really slick um, way to find where the nearest place is and make that appointment from um, Diane asks, is it true that no matter where you get your booster, it should be free? Yes, for now. Um, funding may run out for this. And this is where getting in touch with your members of Congress is going to be so important um, because it is currently free and currently we have an, a, an appropriate amount that we can cover folks, but there's no guarantee to this. Funding has not been renewed so far. It's a scary thing for me to think of. Um, and so we really do need to, just like everything else, this is healthcare. And it's basic healthcare, and all of us need it. And again, I'm only as safe, my patients are only as safe as everyone else around them too. So it's really just if we, even if we have a limited amount and we are vaccinating or boosting the highest risk population, that does not decrease the risk of everybody else cannot access this. Um, but currently, yes, and flu vaccines are free as well. 
So please go get your flu vaccine that you can absolutely. I just got my flu and COVID at the same time in two different arms. Do you recommend getting them together or do you recommend separating them or waiting time? I think that you can absolutely get them together. And, and if you are short on time, um, short on the ability to get time off of work, go get them, just get them. Because again, the best vaccine is in your arm. I'm a baby. I am a big baby. I spaced mine out by about two weeks because man, oh man, I was like, yeah, no, my arm is going to take it. My kids not only got them at the same time, but got them on the same arm and they were completely fine. So I think everyone's a little bit different, um, but there's no problem. And in fact, I did hear when I went to go get my COVID booster, the pharmacist asking folks who had an appointment for one, if they just wanted to get the second one at the same time, they're just trying to get everybody vaccinated. So you can absolutely do what you feel most comfortable with and what you have the time and ability to do. Um, You know, this does represent time off of work for some folks or travel, especially if you have kids and you're trying to do this. So get it done. Diane, you had a question? Oh, yes. That's not a question. I'm sorry. I just saw that in the chat. If you you had COVID in the last three months, should you hold off getting the booster? So this is an absolutely excellent question, especially because so many people are getting, you know, getting COVID or have gotten COVID. And the recommendation is yes, wait two to three months. So that 90 day mark, I think I would not wait more than 90 days. Um, And, but you know, somewhere between two and three months is a good time to go ahead and get that booster. You are, you have gotten an Omicron COVID infection. You're probably protected. Give your immune system a little bit of time um, to be able to respond to the the booster. Can you talk side effects? Um, I mean, my side effects were very mild this time, just a little arm soreness, but should people plan for time off or what can you say? I will say, so I was very worried about this and I got my booster, I think on a Friday, because I was prepared to be, had the same response I did with the primary series and the first booster. I, it, those really wiped me out. This one, I had the same response as you. It was more mild. My arm was very, very sore. I was probably a little bit more tired, but not considerably. Um, I do think though, that for many people, um, we hear these stories about people who are just wiped out from their vaccines. Everyone is going to respond a little bit differently. So yes, if you can plan it around, um, you know, a Friday or Saturday, give yourself one day off before going back to work. I think that's great. But remember, you can also take Tylenol and hydrate and, and probably you will feel fine. And so I think these are mostly are being a little bit more mild side effects. Definitely for my kids, nothing like their primary series. And are in general, are we seeing decreasing cases of COVID around the country or increasing or what's what's happening with COVID? It is possible to know because most people get infected and never report their case. So how do we know for sure? If you look at the maps in most parts across the country, we're in like a mild to moderate sort of level of COVID. Um, I do highly recommend if you're traveling and you're wondering what it is like and, you know, in your where you're going to or where you're at, you can go to the CDC website and put in your county and it will tell you not only what the level is, but what the recommendations are for that level. Still, um, there are some hot spots, some red spots scattered around the country. And I anticipate as we get further to the fall and close to warmer weather and people, I mean, colder weather and people are going indoors and having more get togethers and gatherings and more schools are, you know, we're going to see a lot more gatherings of people together and we're going to see these cases go up. Now, whether they get reported or not is a completely different sort of situation. Um, so currently it seems like across the country, probably mostly low to medium, but I still feel comfortable, more comfortable if I'm wearing a mask in a public situation. If I'm going to a grocery store, 
I'm not there to, for my beauty pageant. I'm there to get my food and not get sick and not get somebody else sick if I happen to be sick and don't know it. So I'm just going to throw a mask on. And I think that's very, very reasonable and, and probably a prudent thing to do as we get into the fall as well. Absolutely. So just to reiterate to our listeners, you can go to vaccines.gov to find out where you can get a booster near you. And please get boosted, especially ahead of Thanksgiving and Christmas and schools starting back up. So please get boosted. Go to vaccines.gov to get boosted. And also... Uh, please keep calling and texting in your questions. We'll answer them in future episodes of Care Talk. And thank you again for listening. This is Care Talk.